Welcome to the show. You're listening to the Hope Radio Podcast. Real people, real stories, real hope. My name is Sean Davis. I happen to be your humble host. And joining me as always, my wife, my beautiful wife, my hostess with the mostest, my partner in crime, my everything. Her name is... Jess Jen. And you're along with us as we keep this hope train of moving on down the tracks. Choo-choo! You know what, Jen? We are hawkers of hope. We are originators of optimism. We are purveyors of positivity. And we are engineers of encouragement. <gasps> I'm an engineer? Yeah. Wow. For the first time. That's really cool. You're an engineer of encouragement. How does it feel? It feels great. You get to construct yeah. encouragement. I love it. I'm a hawker of hope. Yeah, I love that too. I like to hawk hope. Hawk I like hope. to hawk it and throw it and give it and hawk hope. Pass it out. Pass it out to yeah. everybody I encounter. That's right. Hope dealer. <laughs> you like I that? like that. I like that too. I, I want to get some uh, shirts and hats made that say... Hope dealer. I actually have a hat that says hope dealer. You are so. I was a hope dealer before you were a hope dealer. Why are you always ahead of me? <laughs> well, you, you know. always have the best ideas before they become my ideas. <laughs> I have more time to think. You do. Yeah. And you say your mind works 20 times faster than mine too. So that's pretty much why I'm ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Except when it comes to jokes. Cause sometimes, you know, sometimes you don't get my jokes. Yeah, I don't. Does that mean they're not funny? No, that means they're punny. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, tell puns. Well, sometimes. Sometimes you tell puns, and then it, it makes my head have to think a little bit See, differently. I think when it comes to joke telling, mm -hmm. if you can, if you have words come out of your mouth that and they funny. lead to somebody <laughs> laughing, then that must have been a, a joke. joke. Yeah, that's what's funny. Then we're telling funnies. How about that? They're, yeah. they're no longer jokes. They're just funnies. Yeah, we're just, you know, laugh. yeah, we're making people laugh. Do we're you remember Saturday mornings when you'd get the newspaper and yes. you'd get the, the funnies? Yeah, the, you'd, you'd go would, straight to cartoons yeah, and the comics and stuff like But they were like called the, the funnies. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah, I think you're dating ourselves now. I know. Newspaper? I miss the newspaper and I miss the funnies. I would always go for the Toys R Us ad. Yes. And the funnies. You know, there should be an app that you can subscribe to mm -hmm. that the first thing that you get in the morning is like a like a comic book, like a funny. Like that's that's instead of opening it up to serious news like the pandemic or the election yeah. or social unrest or whatever, like it should be humor. Like you should start your day with a laugh. With a funny. With a funny. Yeah. I agree. I you are the one who said it. I know. So you are agreeing with yourself. I do that sometimes. <laughs> I agree, too. <laughs> All right. So speaking of funnies, are you ready to tell a funny? I'm ready to tell a funny. All right. What's your funny? Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm not. What? Okay. No, not yet. Almost. Okay. No, not yet. Wait. What okay. Are you, are you ready? I'm ready now. Okay. What did the turkey say to the computer? What did the turkey say, turkey say to the computer leg, turkey feathers? Uh, I don't know. What? Google, Google. <laughs> that was funny. I love Google. I love Google too, except for it kind of weirds me out that they know so much information about you. That That's they keep what I a love profile. about it. Why? Would, because it makes why my doesn't life that weird simple. you out? Because it knows what I'm going to ask before I ask it. I yeah, love but it's, that. It's pre-selecting what it thinks you want. I feel like it's in my brain. I don't like it feeling it's like great. it's in my brain. It's great. No. I can type up like two words of a question I'm going to ask and it already knows. I'm like, this is brilliant. That's scary. Nope. Not scared at all. Really? Nope. You I'm just love I'm technology. Excited. It's exciting. If you could put a computer in your head, would you? I do have a computer in my head. How did you think I got this smart? <laughs> I have a computer in my head. <laughs> oh, I love you. <laughs> you are the best. You are so funny. You are smart, you know? I am smart. You are very smart. You know what? One of our children told me how smart I was. What did he say? He said, you know what? I never knew how really smart you were, but when you talk, you're very smart. Well, that was a nice compliment. I know. I've he never also heard told that me back in high school, you would have been one of my best friends. Well, I think someone's really trying to butter you up for something. What's the question that he, what, what does he want? He wants nothing. He just is 
starting, he's getting older and he's realizing that we're a lot alike and he appreciates that. I get him. He gets me. I guess I got to take some kudos for that because I was the one that had to discipline those kids and tell them to respect you. So, you know. It has nothing to do with him him realizing that we're the same kind of personality. I know. You're right. <laughs> I'm always right. You are right. <laughs> What's your joke? Um, so, you know how they say that money talks? Yeah, and BS walks. Yeah, but you know how they say that money talks? Yes. All mine keeps saying is goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because we are house flippers in a pandemic. And that's because, you know, I actually chose that one because right before we did this segment, you know, our 16 year old comes in and says he needs money. And this is like the third time, third day in a row that he said he needs money. So that's why I said that. You know what? My money keeps saying goodbye. Bye. See you later. (laughs) But that's the thing about money, right? Yeah. It comes and it goes. And you can't take it it with you. It ebbs and it flows. Yep. Bye. I was looking for one more. I just couldn't think of one more. (laughs) All right, so I've got a fascinating interview on the line for you. We're going to be talking to a mom. We're going to be talking to a mom who has a podcast. We're going to be talking to a mom who has a YouTube channel. But more importantly, we're going to be talking to a mom that gave birth to triplets, and she's a physician. She does all the things. She's a doctor. She's a podcast host. She's a YouTube star, and she's a mom of triplets. She is a super super duper mom she is and not only is she a doctor but she took on two specialties internal Mm -hmm. medicine and pediatrics yeah so she said she can deal from the womb to the to the tomb one of the the, i love that but uh, her name is dr delene musilak Mm -hmm. and uh i can't wait to get her on the line so i i just want to hear about her she wants to come alongside moms Mm -hmm. and help them and i think right now in 2020 yeah this is a perfect time to be coming alongside moms to help them because I think your guys' jobs has gotten a lot more We need difficult. Dr. Mom. I think you're working harder for less pay. <laughs> True. All right, so let me get her on the line so we can talk with her, all right? All right. Here we go. All right, I've got Dr. Deline Musilak on the line. Hello, Dr. D. How are you doing today? Hello, hello, Sean and Jen. I am doing awesome. Well, we are so excited to talk with you. We are eager to uh, to talk to you about your life, talk to you about hope, talk to you about family, all the good stuff, maybe even faith, Jen. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe we right. have some conversations about faith and God and all that good stuff. So, you know, we're, we're eager. But, but for the benefit of our listeners, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Where do you live? Are you married? You got kids? You know, what do you do? Yeah, it's like a dating show. (laughs) (laughs) Seems that like that, right? (laughs) 50 questions right off the bat in the first three minutes. (laughs) Yes, so I am Dr. Deline Musilak. I currently live with my husband, and we have triplets who are almost five. Their birthday is in December. God somehow thought that we would be able to do that, so he is bringing (laughs) us up to the fifth year of their life, and all three are accounted for. Hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So we currently reside in St. Louis, Missouri, and I practice um, a combined specialty. uh, I'm glutton for punishment and ended up studying for both internal medicine and pediatrics. So I get to do both. So the whole spectrum, or what I like to say, from the womb to the tomb. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I haven't heard that before. I love that. That's a great way to say it. From the womb to the tomb. I can handle it. I love it. So I guess the, the pleasure and the honor of taking care of everybody from little tiny babies to older individuals. And my husband is a general surgeon and um, we do live very busy lives because I also do a whole bunch of other things and have passions for other things. Um, and his schedule keeps him pretty busy. And then, of course, the three children. There's the three <laughs> children that keep us busy, too. Throw in triplets uh, yeah. and, like, geez, Louise. Oh I mean, I, we've, I don't – have we ever spoken to anybody that's had triplets? No. Not on the podcast, but not even in general. No, that would be so hard. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can't even imagine having three babies at once. I always, I always wanted well, twins you know. until I had one. And then I was like, oh, thank God you didn't give me twins. <laughs> And you have three, so kudos to you. You're amazing. 
Thank you. Thank you. Well, I will say that third one is a doozy. When, (laughs) you know, when there were babies, I remember, you know, breastfeeding, at least you could do two at a time. (laughs) And then, you know, when you're done, you're like, oh, man, I got another one. (laughs) I would hate to be the third (laughs) one. (laughs) (laughs) Did you you do a third one rotation? I mean, like, did you have a schedule as to which one was going to be the third one so that you didn't? Yeah. That's exactly what we did, you know, because we couldn't always make one of them always be the third one all the yeah. time because then they would have been like traumatized. You know, everybody gets traumatized now. <laughs> so true. <laughs> so, yes, we rotated. And then when my husband was home, whoever was the third one, he would just feed with a bottle. So mm-hmm. at least that would help me. Um Man, yeah, we, we thought it we was, had a, it was tricky when they were little. Yeah. We thought we our first our oldest two are sixteen months apart, and you know, like at times we felt like we could sympathize with people that had twins just yeah. because you know there was a yes. period of four years where we were in diapers with both kids, right. and you know, just having to deal with a handful on on both sides. But I can't imagine as new parents being thrown into that whole triplet game. Now, did 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 triplets or twins run in either of your family or or? Yes. The twins run on both sides of our family. <laughs> wow. Yes. But we're the first triplets. But what's insane is I was praying. We were praying for triplets. Like, you know, we're firm believers in giving, you know, giving to the church. And every year we give our first fruit. And, you know, my parents brought me up that when we sow our seed for your first fruit, to write down what you're sowing that seed into. And a part of it was why we wanted twins was because we waited until we were all done with our training. So in like the OBGYN world, we were old at that point, <laughs> even though we really weren't old, but like OBGYN style, yeah. we were old. <laughs> and, or I should say I was old, not my husband. Sperm lived forever. That's hilarious. So I wrote it, I wrote it, I wrote it down that God, I believe in you for twins. I even went out and bought two outfits in faith I said we're gonna have twins and then uh, I had the positive pregnancy test at home we went to get our first ultrasound and you know both of us you know my husband Matt knows how to read ultrasounds way better than I do but you know you could see that there were two stacks we were like yeah it's twins and you know the doctor was like oh there's two and then about a minute later he was like uh there's one back here <laughs> another one <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah. And then and in then that moment, bothering. the hunt oh. began for the fourth. It, do we have four? I mean, is this three? I mean, like, where? how far does this oh, go back? Oh, my goodness gracious. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Well, I was, like, crying. My husband's smile was, like, ear to ear. I was, like, bawling. <laughs> I was, like, what is happening? Because <laughs> um, I think just as a pediatrician, the first thought that came to my mind was, like, the NICU that they would come early, you know, but my husband, he's like oblivious to that. He just like cuts people, you know, and does that kind of yeah. stuff. He doesn't know about the NICU. He, he just cuts people. He's just, he's just in there exactly. playing around in their body and he don't know about the NICU. With he don't organs. know about the, the, the trauma that I know about. Yeah. Exactly. So, but, um, but it's been great. It's, they're such a blessing. Mm-hmm. Now, you said that you've got, uh, in addition to, you know, being internal medicine and a pediatrician, you've got a lot of other stuff going on. And I and I know that we were introduced to you by another former guest of ours. And I know you have on Instagram, you, you call it the Dr. Mom Show. So, like, tell us a little bit about some of those other ventures you've got going on right now. Yeah. So, my Dr. Mom Show, after I had the babies, um, it was really laid on my heart to start something. You know, I had the expertise of being a physician. And then now I could truly say, oh, my goodness, I know what mamas are talking about now when they come to me and they think, well, I did this and I know I'm not supposed to. (laughs) So (laughs) I truly understood it at that point. Um, So that's why I started. I initially started it off as a YouTube channel. Again, the Dr. Mom show, just talking about different medical topics that pertains to both adults and kids. Um, and that's grown over the past two years. I've been doing it about two years. And then recently about this week is my seventh week. Um, I launched the podcast for the Dr. Mom show, which I've been having so much fun with. And, um, again, just really hitting on some medical topics. So people are better educated and informed because 
you know, now I, you know, you love social media, you love being able to have access to so many things with technology, but at the same time, there's so much information out there that isn't evidence-based and unreliable and people who don't know that specialty. So for example, if I went on and somebody told me something with a computer, I'd be like, Oh, I believe this and I'd go do it. Perfect example is I looked up how to change something on my website and then it like locked my website up. (laughs) Jeez. Because you know what? That's not what I do. So it's kind of like medicine. You know, people go on there and they just Google something. And of course, when you Google any symptoms, the first thing that comes up is like cancer and HIV. The first thing that comes up, no matter what's wrong with you. And now it's COVID. You Google anything and it's COVID now that you have. I sneeze. So, yeah. Does that does that mean I got COVID? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh, so I really just wanted to provide a platform where parents and I know especially moms are attracted to me and um, where they could get, you know, health tips for themselves and their families, but also parenting tips and hacks just to what it is to be a busy mom and juggle your family and juggle, you know, whether you're a stay at home mom or you work. And I think one of my biggest things is for moms not to forget their own passions and their own dreams, because as moms, we're really, really good at putting ourselves and our desires and wants on the back burner. And I think we ultimately end up when our kids grow up and they leave and you're like, Oh, I never published that book I wanted to publish or I never, you know, learn that hobby or that sewing or crocheting, whatever it is. Um, so I really just love encouraging moms to get out there. Hopefully they see me and they're impacted and encouraged and empowered to be like, man, she's doing 50 things. Even though my husband thinks I'm crazy, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can go out there and at least, you know, do one or two things that I really want to do. Well, you know, I would say that Jen has some similarities to you as well. She she is a do-it-yourselfer, get-out-there-make-stuff-happen. And people remark to her all the time, I mean, with four boys being the only female in the household, like, how did you do it? Like, how, how did you, yeah. how do you keep your sanity? Like, how do you, and, and I think. <laughs> one, you, it's, just, it's one day at a time. Just breathe. <laughs> That's Fo- right. Focus on the moment you're in. That's all you can do. You know, but what I appreciate, but I don't think you ever got overwhelmed with parenting. No. You know, I'm a really good multitasker. Yeah, I think that there's, I I think some people are and some people Mm -hmm. aren't. And it it sounds like Dr. D is a really good multitasker herself. How do you, how are you a physician and have triplets the age of five and you're doing a YouTube channel, a podcast, a website, coming alongside other moms? Like it, that's, you know, yeah, I could see. You, you're trying to use all the minutes in yes. the day. All yes. the minutes. That's right. <laughs> yes. I totally believe moms can do all the things. We just, we're just made yes. that way. I believe that females yes. are superior. Thank you. I really, I really do because like guys are Amen. just, it's, it's, we're kind of one dimensional often, you know, like, but like women, like you are, you're more level headed. You're, you're more reason. You're not as quick to anger typically, you, you know, and you yeah. balance so much stuff. Right. You know, and plus you're the ones that have to give birth. Like I didn't have to do that. So yeah, you guys couldn't do that, but <laughs> this is. You, you, yeah. You'd hear me it's whining. Like a fact. It, it is a proven fact, but yeah, it'd be bad yeah. if men had children. It'd be really well, bad. Well, I've had a couple yeah. kidney stones, so they say that, that that might be close. That might have gotten me close to, you know, the birthing process. I don't know. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Jen's kidney not, stone and Jen's shoulders. Not, I don't know. J- yeah. <laughs> Jen's not giving, she's not giving me any credit at all. She's, she's not, she's not, not throwing me a bone. Nope. No, she's not. She's not throwing me a bone. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. So, <laughs> so, you know, I guess relative to your, to your show. So your, your goal is to come alongside moms and really try to support them, give them ideas, try to give them the truth in an age of man, all you got to do is Google something and you're going to get 5,000 things that may or may not be correct, yeah. etc. So that, that's the point of the Dr. Mom show. Yeah. And also, you know, just like some parenting tips and just, and again, just to encourage everybody to think you're doing an awesome job. You're, I think as parents, we're superheroes. You don't, you know, our superpower is just parenting and, you know, causing your kids to survive yeah, yeah, <laughs> their sure. life, you know, and get them ready for the world. 
Um, what's crazy is this week alone, I did my shows on SIDS because it's SIDS Awareness Month and that's just sudden infant death syndrome. And this is a crazy statistic I read that even though SIDS is so uncommon, it's 20 times more likely for an infant less than one to die from SIDS than the next 17 years of them dying from like a motor vehicle accident, drug overdose, um, suicide, which motor vehicle accidents are like the number one cause for adolescents and teenagers. But it's so it was so crazy for me that in that one year, and even when we had the babies, my husband made the comment, parents truly have to love and find everything in them to wake up multiple times a night to see their babies, to take care of them. You know, if you have a crying baby to make sure they're okay. And I just think it's something, I think it's just such a special relationship. And, you know, my show, I just want to make that relationship as best as possible. And just remind people that you're doing an awesome job. You know, there's no, there's no such thing as perfection in that sense. Like I'm not perfect by any means, but you know, just as long as you're doing your best, you're, you're doing awesome. Yeah. Jen is uh, herself a, phenomenal mom she she worries about the kids she was the one that would wake up and i mean if we got kids over right now she's you know my 20 year old she's going to check okay is he breathing what's going on like you know she she worries she worries i mean she's got them all tracked they are all conditioned mom's got to have the location otherwise she's going to have anxiety and she's gonna she's gonna worry and they don't want i mean my boys love their mom fiercely and so she's she's able to 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 get them to do stuff that they wouldn't probably normally want to do but are willing to do i like to track them because three of them do drive already and for me it's like it could be like life-saving like if something were to happen like i need to know like i don't want to wonder like did they fly off a cliff over here or i need to know (laughs) so i it just kind of takes out that kind of guesswork like where are they at what are they doing yeah i'm with you yeah like i I'm always want to know i've so. already brought that up with my husband and my husband said i don't know if you really even want to know where they're going and i'm like well my kids are gonna be amazing yeah they're gonna be fine going wherever well and that's the thing is i don't ever look to where they're at just during the day it's yeah. just a snoop it's, yeah it's, it's not just that. if like they aren't you know returning my call or if they're like not yeah. not where they're supposed to be they didn't come to the house or something like that then i'm like oh my gosh are they okay like that my mind automatically goes to like are they okay not where are they at or what are they doing or who they hanging out with because I usually know that so but yeah like I just want to make sure (laughs) that they're safe yeah I know they're friends no I don't blame you (laughs) I think you do a good job of balancing getting information without it being snooping or intrusive I think they all recognize that you just you stress about it, you mm-hmm. worry about it. And oh, yeah. so they, they actually appreciate it. Yeah. They, they view it as, Oh my gosh, she loves us so much, mm-hmm. you know, like she worries yeah. about that kind of stuff. And so I don't, I don't have time to snoop. Like, yeah, I, I trust them so much that like, that's not even in yeah. my mind. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, to your point, like yeah. they're, they're two of them kids. are grown adult men. Like, so wherever they want to go and do and whatever <laughs> that's theirs. But yeah. you see, I'm different. Like I'm, I'm much more pragmatic that way. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't worry about anything until there's something to worry about. Like right. it, it just, I, I'm more go yeah. with the flow and the stuff that enters Jen's head as to possible outcomes. I mean, I just saw the kid drive down the, the, the driveway and you know, an hour later, Jen hears sirens. And she's Oh my gosh, is Braden. Okay. Or, Oh, yeah. oh my gosh, it's Colby or, you know, something happened in Sacramento. Oh, I got to, you know, touch bases with Colby or whatever. Like, I don't even think yeah. that. I, I send that little short text all the time. You good? Question mark. That's it. You good? You good? <laughs> and they'll respond right away. Yep. Okay. So yeah, there you go. They know what I'm doing at that point. They know I'm just making sure like they're okay. I think relative to yeah. the subject of hope, you know, like right now in, in 2020, I, I mean, I feel like, I feel like there's a lot of moms mm-hmm. whose plate was full last year <laughs> yeah. that is mm-hmm. even more like unbelievably full this year. And so I worry that this year there's a lot more anxiety, a lot more stress, right. a lot more worry, maybe a lot more fear of failure um, to some degree because like I feel like moms are having to take on a lot more of an active role in 
you know, marshalling their kids through school, Mm -hmm. et cetera, you know? So, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I mean, that's definitely so true that even as you talked about Jen, just in normal life, when we're not in a pandemic or social unrest or election time, you know, you're already thinking about your kids and their safety because there's so many other things that can happen. But definitely just with the pandemic alone, the rate of anxiety, depression, suicide, sleepless nights has gone up. And I think even more so for moms, because you're only not having to take care of yourselves, but you're having to take care of your family and making sure they're okay in the midst of everything. And that's why it is so important, even with all that's going on and the social distancing, that it's so important to have a good support system and to have good communication. Um, I always talk about communicating with your family. And just hearing you guys talk, I know you guys, you know, have a great relationship with each other and with your boys. And I think that's so important because, you know, it's not only awesome when times are good, but it really comes to light. It makes a difference when you're in a time like this mm-hmm. for to, to have that relationship with your kids and with your family. So if something's going on with them, they're able to approach you or if something's going on with you as a mom, you can approach your husband. Yeah, I think that that's been the case this year for, for us. We've always tried to maintain great communication with, with our kids. And I think that that's, um, I think that's so important in terms of, you know, helping them through challenging times because if they can feel comfortable coming to talk to you and, and they do, like they talk to Jen about more stuff than they talk to me about. I ask more questions. Yeah, you do. You do ask more questions. If it's if it's entrepreneurship, business, hustle, production, <laughs> you, you, you know, fatherhood, right? You know, like I, I got all that. But like if it's just like everyday stuff, like Jen, Jen knows everything. They, 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 and see the other problem is I'm always driving. So they always know to text her too. So I feel like over the, the last five, six years. They're smart. I've trained them that way. I know. To, yeah. to, I love it. to my chagrin sometimes. Sometimes I just want them to ask Texting me. and driving is not okay. So since you always drive, they have how to many, text How me. many times have you told me that? I know that. It's not okay. It's, it's not, not okay. And it's actually very bad for the kids to ever see. So if you're out there texting with your children in the car, don't do it. And don't do it at all. Wow. Public service <laughs> announcement number five. It's like one of my biggest pet peeves ever. Like it annoys me so much. Anyways, <laughs> you, you, you'd almost think that there so was an important. incident coming into the radio show today. You'd almost think, based on how she's throwing it out, that uh, she's trying to make a point. I don't. Yeah. Why, Stop, why are you texting in the car? Why are you piercing me with he your? Do, he does. He does. The world needs to know. He does. And I and I tell the kids, I'm like, do not do like your father is doing. Like it's such a bad thing. And so you just outed me on air. Well, you need to stop now. <laughs> on air. Make a commitment. You can do it. Just Don, tell the world. This is really an intervention. Yeah. It sounds like it. It's it's no longer an interview. This is your intervention. Whoa, this was unexpected. This took a turn. <laughs> Oh, geez. That was awesome. <laughs> See, I, I say to her all the time, you know, like, like sometimes I got to get stuff done. I'm like, well, you just have the privilege of sitting there. See, see, so I'm a former financial advisor. I sold my practice in 2018. And so ever since I sold the practice, Jen and I literally have been locked at the hip. So I don't think she's driven a car in like two years. And so sometimes, you know, I, you know, us men will do anything we can to justify our, you know, unacceptable behavior I guess yeah it, yeah it's just it's it's not okay and I even offer to text for you I'm like well let me do it for you like what do you need to say and I'll I'll text him back or I'll call him back but no he's just he's actually became a professional texter non-listener while non-listener <laughs> that too <laughs> am I stubborn I'm stubborn just like you're stubborn yeah see Jen said we started dating when uh, she was 15 and I was 18 so she'll say I, I raised her and I and sometimes that's to my chagrin because yep. she is a stubborn strong-willed individual and I think I helped create some of that so yeah. when it's pointed yeah, I love it, it when it's pointed at our kids when it's pointed at me it, it doesn't feel so fun it's not so not so good <laughs> 
<laughs> so relative to moms, Dr. D, you know, like what, what are the biggest questions that you're getting right now? What's the biggest concern that you're helping to address, you know, through your show, through your practice, et cetera? couple things. I think one of the biggest ones is just juggling everything for those moms who are working from home. And then if they have kids who are school age and having to teach their children also, um, that's been one big thing. And, you know, my biggest advice regarding that is to just really stick to a routine and really prioritize. I'm a lover of to-do lists and sticky notes. And I really just advise, you know, every day having a schedule and really laying out, you know, when you're going to have to help your child with school, when are you going to get your tasks done for work, or again, if you're a stay-at-home mom, the things you have to do around the house or other errands, um, just, just to keep your sanity. Because if you're just willy-nilly doing everything and everything's mixed up, at the end of the day, you'll probably get nothing done because you're just running around like a chicken without a head. Um, so that's been one big thing. The other big thing, again, just going back to mental health, um, I think there's been a drastic effect on people's mental health during this time. So I think it's so important that daily people take what I call some me time. Just take some quiet time. You don't necessarily have to sit in a quiet room per se, but just do something you love or enjoy, whether that's reading a book watching a show, listening to this podcast, this awesome podcast. <laughs> Love it. Thanks for the plug. You can rotate between this the podcast and Dr. Ross's show. Yes. yes. Um, but um, but just taking time to do what you love because, again, right now everybody's just so busy trying to fit everything into their schedule because everybody's at home. And then, you know, again, I'm just a firm believer in prayer and reading the word because that in itself, when you know the word, you know, all that fear, that depression, those sleepless nights will go away because in the word, you will find God's promises. You will find his strength. You will find his hope in the word. And I'll just uplift you. You don't need, you don't need anybody to uplift you. You just need the word and God's promises that he has for you. So I think that's so important right now. You know, it's, uh, I, I echo that, and I, and I couldn't thank you enough for actually bringing up that point. I think that the, the last two points, working on your mental health, I know Jen is a huge advocate, I think, for you that has been your physicality, right. you know, working up, working out in the morning, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jen, Jen's got a routine. She gets up at 4.45 in the morning, and she likes to go down to her gym, have, have her coffee, have her drink, do, do her workout, and literally she's working out for an hour, hour and a half before I'm down there. So mm-hmm. she gets her quiet time doing that. So I think yeah. that's really helped you with your sanity. Oh, yeah. And then um, I, I think you're, you're so right. Like you can't – fear can't exist in the same space as faith. Like mm-hmm. if you're faithful, if you're focusing on his promises, his word – then fear starts to to dissipate. But I think one of the interesting things for us in doing this podcast has been, you know, we did this podcast out of an altruistic motive to come alongside other people and to help other people. But, you know, Jen and I have remarked in the last week or two that I think that the biggest benefactors of this podcast have been us, that having a front row seat to, you know, closing in on almost a hundred different stories of faith and courage and perseverance yeah. and overcoming trials and tribulations and rising higher and yeah. all that other stuff has just been um, really, really soothing to our own anxiety and fears mm-hmm. and uh that and listening to uh joel osteen which you know we do every day in the in the car so listening yeah. to his positive encouragement uh has helped us as well so i think yeah focusing on your mental health and then and then absorbing good faithful yes. promises information you know like the the focusing on what matters in terms of, um, you know, look, he's brought you through everything that you've encountered thus far in your life. He's going to bring you through this as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So what have been your struggles uh, this year as you think about 2020 and some of the challenges? I mean, you're a mom to triplets and, you know, we've got COVID all around and, you know, it's we got a lot of stuff to worry about. So, like, what what have been the challenges for you and your family and your husband uh, in 2020? The biggest challenge has probably been, you know, our exposure just with still working. You know, my husband operates on people who are positive. 
Um, and now, you know, sometimes it can get a little scary because now we're moving into the sick season with flu, other viruses, COVID starting to increase again where we are. Um, and, you know, we're seeing those patients and, you know, our kids are in school because both of us are working and, you know, every day it's just, it's just, you just start the day with a prayer that, you know, God will continue to protect us as we go to work and as the kids go to school. So that, that's probably been the biggest, um, like the hardest thing because, you know, you're kind of like, oh man, you know, every day we go to work and we could possibly be exposed, you know? Um, are you, are you guys afraid of that? I mean, like, I, I guess my question as a non-physician is like my, my general disposition is to kind of be a bull in a china shop. I, I mean, I, I'm, I don't like being afraid. I don't like living my life afraid. I don't like, yeah. I'm not very anxious. And so like, I don't, most of the time I don't even think about it unless I see somebody else with a mask and, or I'm going to a grocery store or something along those lines. But like, do you, given your background, given you're both physicians, given that you can both be exposed and, or come into contact with people that are exposed. I mean, how, how do you, manage that fear and or worry about that with being pragmatic about having to just do life and, and move forward with your daily activities of life? Well, I think it's just, it's just wisdom, you know, just using wisdom and everything we do, making sure we know that we have a sick patient, that you wear the appropriate equipment, that even when we're out, when if we're out with the kids, you know, that they're, you know, they have their masks on and we're just, you know, just practicing the recommendations in regards to it. But no, you know, I will say even the other day, a couple of weeks ago, I told my husband because just a number of patients that when I talk to them, either they have no history of any mental issues at all, no depression, anxiety, no insomnia now have it with everything that's going on or somebody who has an underlying diagnosis that just their symptoms are worse. And I told my husband, I said, you know, I'm so glad for the peace of God, because I tell you what, when we put our head down on the pillow, there is no issue with sleep. I was just like, I'm just so glad for that peace that, you know, like, like he said, you know, I don't want to live my life in fear. You know, I can't imagine if I was fearful going to work with what we do or if my husband was fearful. I can't imagine how it would be. But but like I said, I think it's just using wisdom. And, you know, and, and again, we just continue to pray daily that God will protect us. I, I just imagine your life with five-year-olds. I mean, I remember five-year-olds for us. It's been a while, but like just everything they come into the hands on everything, touching everything, mm-hmm. you know, just so I guess, yeah. you know, I, I I think you must have a routine. I mean, just the masks and having a kid keep a mask on and communicating that to them, that it's important that they keep it on. And, but just imagine the, you know, they, the, 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 at that age, they're into everything <laughs> everywhere so you must you must have to be extra diligent in terms (laughs) of the hand washing and cleansing and baths and all the good stuff and i will say they do they do pretty well like if we where did we go i can't remember where we're going and we were getting ready to get on that escalator and i was like okay hands in your pocket or you can hold one of our hands um and i think you know they've done a great job with wearing their masks and, you know, I think one piece of advice for parents, what I practice and what I always tell parents, don't scare your kids. Like, don't say, oh, my gosh, there's a virus. You don't want to do that. You know, blah, blah, blah. Don't scare your children because then they're, then they're going to be in fear of what's going to happen. Just explain to them, you know, because there's been viruses before. It's, this isn't the first virus. It just unfortunately is totally out of control. But. But if you just explain to them, like, hey, there's germs on the escalator, there's germs here, so you you just don't want to touch it right now because there is a virus going around. And, you know, so, you know, I always just tell parents, don't, like, yell at your kids. You know, if they touch something, you should be walking around with hand sanitizer at this point. And just kind of remind them, hey, you know, we, we don't want to touch that, you know, because we don't know who touched it or if somebody's sick. And I think that's helped, too, because, you know, when you start yelling at kids for a certain reason, then they're scared because they're like, why am I getting yelled at? Yeah. <laughs> because I touched the, the railing. 
I, I think with that, they've done a great job because we've more so educated them and don't think that we like sat them down and we're like, okay, let's well, number one. COVID. <laughs> <laughs> not like that. It's just that, you know, like at school, how they, you know, they're not hugging their friends and things like that, you know, just explain to them yeah. what's happening. So, so I will say they've done pretty well. My husband always says we run a tight ship. <laughs> well, I think, I think that's an important point in, in raising kids. I think that's one thing that we did well without really consciously trying to do it is that we always kind of handled our kids like they were adults. We, we had yeah. adult mm-hmm. conversations with them, expectations with them. I mean, even, you know, our 13 year olds and 10 year olds can have a, adult conversations with anybody kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, we always, yeah. um, really kind of biased toward that, you know, but I've been thankful that we haven't had young kids that we've had to, you know, try to keep on masks and communicate and, and do all yeah. that stuff with yeah. just because I, I just feel like, but I think if we did, we would take that kind of an approach. I think that's a wise approach to have. Just explain it because you don't, you do not want to create a, an unnecessary or unneeded fear in right. their, in their eyes, you know? Absolutely. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So how are you uh, helping moms, you know, kind of juggle everything that they've got going on other than scheduling any other nuggets of, information that you can share that you've been using that uh, helps you in this in this current environment of social unrest change and election year covid you know we've got all kinds of stuff to worry about this year but uh, any other advice that you can give to moms that uh, are, are really making a herculean effort to to kind of lead their house and and take care of their house right now yeah i think the one other important thing is just kind of getting one thing done at a time. And that's something I learned when I was training, when I was in my residency, you know, if when you're on call overnight in the hospital, essentially you're the only resident there. Of course, there's attendings in the ER, but you know, if there's a code, if somebody stops breathing, you're the one who's running the code, all the orders that the nurses need, they're paging you. If somebody falls out of their bed, you know, you have to go see them. So you're essentially taking care of everything if something happens. And that was when I learned that, you know, you can't get everything done well if you're working on everything at the same time. And I don't know, maybe that was my training, really not for medicine. It was really for these triplets. Is what God, God took me through medical school so I could raise my triplets. <laughs> I, I believe that. I believe that there, you know, that there's a just a, a just a beautiful symphony that he orchestrates that you can only see in retrospect, that you can only see when you look back, right? That, that's so true. But again, I just learned that you know if you just do one thing at a time and I learned it so well, because if a nurse paid me, I would just say, okay, thank you. I'll get it done. And, you know, it may not have been as soon as I hung up the phone with her, if it wasn't an emergency, but I, I would get it done. And I think that's something for us to remember. I think a lot of times we go around and we're like, okay, I'm going to do this. And then all of a sudden you get distracted and you got to start doing something else that, you know, is on your list. But I think we're more efficient and more productive if, you know, when you make a list or you have whatever you're going to do for the day in your head, if you just do one thing at a time, of course, if, you, if you're if you able to multitask some other things, but for those bigger projects, um, you know, try and get done what you can get done and just and prioritize. That's another big thing is prioritize what's most important. Like if you need to make a doctor's appointment or a dentist appointment, don't don't like call the office at four o'clock, you know, when they're starting to wrap up, <laughs> try to call that if, you know, you have to get seen or your kids have to get in to the dentist. So I think, I think that's also very important as we do things that, you know, just prioritize and everything doesn't have to be perfect. I've come to learn now I'm such a perfectionist and sometimes, you know, I can be just so hard on myself if things aren't exactly the way I wanted. And I, Having the babies, I will say the triplets have helped me with that because, you know, there's just something about kids and how carefree they are that, you know, they're kind of like, woo, whatever. They're like little hippies. <laughs> they're like, whatever. <laughs> they're like flower kids. Um, and I really learned from them that, yeah, like it's not just to have to be perfect. It's okay if you color and you're outside the line, you know. 
Mm. So I've learned from that. Even with everything that I've done, I think they have also encouraged me and just, you know, with wanting to leave a legacy for them as they grow that, you know, if it was up to me, I'd be like, oh, I don't have this one thing. Like if I didn't just launch my podcast, I'd have been like, oh, you know, I probably don't have the right mic. I probably don't have the right program. I don't have this all perfect. And if that, if I was by myself, I probably still would not have launched my podcast (laughs) to this day. But I've slowly learned that, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. And again, like I said before, once you're trying, you're doing awesome. Yeah, I think that that's an important lesson to to learn. I, I'm much more pragmatic that way. For me, action is is everything, you know, just taking the step, even though it may not be fully vetted yeah. or it may not be fully, you know, uh, planned out, et cetera. To me, the, the biggest part of the process is the is the taking action. Now, on the other side, Jen and I complement each other because Jen, Jen has got to – have a list. I mean, Jen knows exactly what she's going to be eating the next day. She knows when she's going to eat. She knows. Yes. She, I mean, she's got a workout scheduled. She knows how many sets are going to like, she has to the night before the next day, have that day planned out. She'll ask me, who are we interviewing? Who are we going to be talking to? What am, what's my workout? What's my food? When am I going to eat? And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like me, I just, you know, I roll out of bed and I, you know, like I'm ready for the day. Like I don't have to put as much thought into that. And what happens when you do that? What happens? Sometimes it's awesome. This morning you didn't have enough time to do your workout. I know because Gavin interrupted and threw off our groove. Well, I would have been fine. It. You got to stick to the plan. <laughs> See, we we have a we have a second oldest that just surprised us and you know popped down into our little gym that we've got at our at our it's house. It's actually called Aww. the girl cave, and I don't know why all these boys end up in my girl cave. But you sound a little hurt by that. Yeah. Like you guys all invade my space. Like it was, it was my gym. Like I created this gym. I was the only one working out and with all six of us. And then all of a sudden, like the pandemic hits and like all six of everyone is working out. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. So that's why I get up so early. You to charging a fee like a I know. Oh, don't think she hasn't threatened that when they leave, you know, wrappers and stuff out of the place. And she runs a tight ship down there. Let me tell you, yeah, you, you leave got- a weight in the wrong area and you're about left ready to lose your privileges they get three strikes and when they hit three strikes and they're no longer allowed in my girl cave like, how many strikes do i have you, oh my you don't have any yet but brayden oh, has two and goodness. he's one one away Uh-oh. from getting out of there oh no oh no <laughs> I, i'm so like crazy like i want everything put back the exact way i have it like a little OCD, like everything's got a place and I don't want to w- ever walk into my yeah. gym and there's weights that aren't racked and like benches that are in the wrong spot. Like I'm very like visual and I know what I'm going to do every morning. So I just want everything nice and tidy. And and let me just say, like they know they don't want to, they don't want to upset their mama because the, <laughs> the mama has actually, not the daddy, but the mama has actually kicked out our two oldest kids. Like oh, when yeah. they left the house, it was because mom said you were out of here. That's right. That's right. <laughs> She can give a lot. She can give, 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 give. But the problem is, as soon as you reach that breaking point, man, she's 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 had it. Like, you, I, you, I, you're, I'm like your chances it. are out. You got to go, but I'm still tracking you. Don't worry. You'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. See all the stuff you got to look forward to? See, see all this stuff you got to look forward to. I mean, the craziest thing for us is I'm an only child. Jen comes from a big family. And so having four kids was like, whoa, like I, you know, yeah. I just had no context for it. And I think the most surprising thing has been, you know, how different all four of them are, yeah. even though we're their parents. But l- like my oldest came to me uh, not too long ago and complimented me and said, you know, I just really see you know, what, what fatherhood is all about because you approach each of us differently. You parent each of us differently because we're all different kids, you know, like I can't yell or get upset at my, you know, third oldest kid just because he never like getting in trouble. Like he don't want to get in trouble at all. Yet my oldest man, I, I like, I, I had to, he was always in trouble. Yeah. That kid I had, you know, I probably got my yelling because of that kid. Like he and I butted heads the most, you know, now he's, he's just, you know, a godsend to be around. He's matured and he's, he's really kind of come into his own, but it's just, it's, it's a crazy wild ride. Like there's points in time where I certainly have thought, I wasn't a great dad. And then right. yet there's times where I felt like, dang, I did a pretty damn good job. Yeah. Look at that. You know? So, well, with having triplets, are they all alike? Or are they different? 
No, they're definitely different. It's so funny how you said that because one of our boys, baby Ethan, even when he gets in trouble, that doesn't save him at all. <laughs> like, even if you give him a little spanking, he's like, what up? Like, what? You call it? <laughs> that was our youngest, too. We had one of those. And then he just yeah, loves so on you. He, like, he'll take the spanking and then he'll be yes, like, I love you. Yes, and I'm like, you're yes. in trouble. <laughs> yeah, he knows how to work the love. That's so funny. But he, he's, yeah, and he's the one where I know when he gets old, older, he and my husband will probably kind of have it out a little bit more because I could see, I could just see the fact that nothing really phases him. Yeah. Um, are, are, what, Luke, what are the sexes like of your kids? Him, he'll just start crying. Are you, are you, Aww. are you boys, girls mix of the triplets? Like what are the sexes oh, of the two boys and a girl? We have two boys and a girl. Oh, Why did I think they were three girls? I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, so there's Ethan, um, and then there's Luke. So Luke's the one when you yell at him, he's more sensitive, so he'll start crying. Um, <laughs> he starts crying, and then he just says, "I said I was sorry." <laughs> That'd be like Brayden. Yeah. He'd be sensitive, and and then, oh, <laughs> and then Alina, she doesn't cry if she gets in trouble with me, but her daddy, if her daddy even looks at her sternly, <laughs> her feelings get hurt. <laughs> But I will say she doesn't get in she doesn't get in trouble a lot. She rarely gets into trouble. I always say she's our saving grace. Mm. Um because even the other night we had dinner and the boys and I'm sure you guys know this even better than me with four boys, (laughs) like for some reason they don't sit to have dinner. They have to do movement (laughs) in order to eat. Uh, (laughs) The boys sit there running around. Running, running, running. Alina gets done. She's like sitting, reading a book. And it's it's just so funny <laughs> just to see them and just the contrast. Yeah. It's just hilarious. It's so fun, actually. Just they're all different and you still have to parent it them. Is. And it's just, it's awesome. It's a blessing. It is. It's and Jen it was is. always holding out for a girl, but yeah. uh, it just didn't, didn't happen that way. Just uh, didn't get blessed with girls. No, I tried. I even read all the books, and those books aren't true. <laughs> they don't work. Yeah, no, I don't think they, yeah. No, it's whatever God wants yeah, to give like, you, that's what you're getting. So exactly. don't complain. Exactly. <laughs> you were so destined true. to be a boy mom. But you know, he never he never gives you more than you can handle, so he knew you could handle four boys. <laughs> that's so true. And then Jen always follows that up with, I just wish he didn't think I could handle so damn much. <laughs> Very true. I do say that. Yes. I'm like, he always, he thinks I'm like the strongest chick in the whole wide world because he pours it on my shoulders. Like I, I, I carry a lot, <laughs> but it's okay. I guess I got it. I guess I'm strong enough for it. Yes. So. He made you strong enough. Yeah, he knows what you can handle. That's a compliment. <laughs> yeah. Well, Dr. D, as we, uh, as we close out the, the show, I just think about moms that are, you know, kind of anxious and worried and nervous and, you know, just feeling maybe a little less than right now, um, you know, in this environment, just because they are juggling so much. And so what words of hope or encouragement could you give to somebody that's listening right now that may be struggling with their role as a, as a mom and feeling, you know, maybe a little, um, you know, upset that they're not accomplishing more, doing more, because I do think moms, um, you know, for the most part do have very high expectations of themselves. And I think sometimes that can lead to anxiety or frustration or feeling guilty or less than. And so what, what words of advice can you offer? I definitely just want to encourage all you moms out there that you are doing an amazing job. You are a superhero and I just want to leave a scripture that I love, and especially during this time, I think it's so applicable from Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. And it just says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power of love and a sound mind. And I just feel that covers everything, that we should not live in fear because we are powerful, we are loved, and we have our mental health. So none of those should be affected by any means, by anything that is going on. You are capable. You are strong. You are a superhero. And always remember to have faith over fear. Oh, well said. Well said. Thank you. So what is your podcast and your YouTube channel again so our listeners can tune in to you? 
Yeah, so my YouTube channel is just, you can just search The Dr. Mom Show. Okay. And it's D-R and die, like The Dr. Mom Show. Yeah. (laughs) Like, do I spell (laughs) that out? Um, And then the same thing for my podcast is just The Dr. Mom Show. Yep. And then you can check out my website. All the links are there um, at www.drdelinemichelak.com. That's a little harder, but that's my husband's fault. Yeah, <laughs> it is his fault. And I'll, and I'll make sure that in it our uh, post on Facebook and Instagram that we have your yeah, correct spelling link and link it up and, and uh, all those resources there. And I just want to say thank you. Uh, it, it's been fun. Mm-hmm. This has been um, a, a great time with Jen. I think that she's talked the most on uh, your show that she's <laughs> talked. So this is this is awesome to, to hear her and to hear her words of encouragement along with yours. And so just thank you. Thank you for your time today and thank you for your, your wisdom and thank you for what you're doing coming alongside moms and, and helping them to yeah. feel better about what they're doing and, and helping them with resources and ideas and strategies. I, I just think that uh, that's awesome. Thank you. And you're so welcome. And thank you all so much for having me on. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you. Well, that was certainly fun. I, I really enjoyed that interview. And uh, more importantly, I really enjoyed the back and forth. I, I really feel like that was the most that I've heard you talk with a guest. And I think it was fun and it was interesting <laughs> and it was exciting. And I think that there was a lot of back and forth. It was it was it was a good show. Well, I think we could relate on I, a few different levels. So it made it a lot easier for me. I know. I think I think that's true. And I, and I think that there are some similarities between you between you. I think as moms, you guys really have to be great mm-hmm. at structure yes. at lists at structures at process at you know systems mm-hmm. etc so yeah. i think that was one of her big messages you know and certainly dealing with triplets can you imagine <laughs> no. i mean th- as a new parent three at one time i think you don't know if if your first child is or children are triplets you just don't know any different yeah you don't know how easy just one is i think you just three is just what you know yeah, it's it's interesting. I think if you had one or two, and then you had triplets or yeah. twins, it would. You, then it I would think feel it would hard. See, yeah, then yeah. that contrast would be there. But you know, to her point, I mean, as a female breastfeeding, it's like you got three <laughs> kids. Like you can, you know. Yeah. That's, so that's difficult. It is, but uh, fascinating, and and I love how she's doing. Uh, she strikes me as somebody like yourself too. She's like doing so many different things. So yeah. She's an internal medicine doc. She's a pediatrician. She's hosting a podcast. She's hosting a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. She's got her own website. She's a mom to triplets. Like w- She's a mover and a shaker. She can't sit still, just like me. I know. It's difficult. We, we have to stay busy. Some great nuggets in there. You yeah. know, faith over fear. Yes. You know, I really think that's a great hope nugget. So you gotta important. You got to focus on faith mm-hmm. and the fear dissipates. You oh. know, it just fades off into existence. But if you're constantly thinking about what you're afraid of, mm-hmm. I really feel like you attract it. Oh, I feel yeah. like you, you, and then you've got the stress and the anxiety of it. So I thought that that was a great hope nugget. And uh, her, her process, sticking to a routine, yeah. you know, sticking to a routine, mapping it out the day before, making sure you've got your so list down. So important. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy to do. And, you know, you just get a lot more done when you actually have it written out because you stick to your plan. Sticking to the plan. Stick to the plan. You know that. Yes. You are the most planning person I oh, know. Oh, yeah. I plan everything. Well, why don't you do this? Mm-hmm. Why don't you share with our listeners how they connect with us further? Well, you can listen to us on iTunes and Spotify and SoundCloud and Alexa, Google. Alexa, Google. Huh? Alexa, Google. I haven't heard of that one yet. Google, but. Alexa. <laughs> and uh, subscribe. You know, yes. like and subscribe. Yes. And uh, if you're willing, send us a direct message on our socials. We've got uh, Hope Radio Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. You can send us a message there. Maybe you've got a story of hope to share yourself. Maybe mm-hmm. you know of somebody that has a story of hope to share, but we would be eager and excited to connect with you on our social media platform. So Hope Radio Podcast, if you're so inclined. Yeah. Well, Jen, here's what I think. What do you think? I think we had such a good time today mm-hmm. that I think we should do another show. And here's what I'm going to do. What? I'm going to commit. If you're going to commit, let's do another show. Okay. All right. And so since we're going to do another show, mm-hmm. I'm going to tease you right now about what this next show is all Ooh, about. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. You want to hear what the next show is going to be? About? I do. I do. I do. All right. Here it comes. Here's a preview of episode number 97 of the Hope Radio podcast. And so I just happened to see your Facebook post where she was pleading for someone to donate a kidney to her husband who had diabetes and was in kidney failure, having to do dialysis all the time. So 
I saw the post. It touched me, and I'm like, okay, I'll reshare it, you know, and see if anybody out there, you know, wants to get tested for for this this person. Um, then it just, you know, you get that tugging on your heart. You shared it. What about you? You know, put your money where your mouth is. So I'm like, okay, well, I just gave myself the thought of, you know, there's no chance that I would be a match for for this gentleman. So yeah, I'll go ahead and get tested. So it turned out that at the convention, she and I had our tables across from each other. That's when I got the call that I'm a match 